Welcome to the meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission for March 16th, 2023. The time is 4.30. I'm Margot Schaub and I serve as the Library Commission Affairs Analyst. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in the main library CRET auditorium and available to view or listen to on WebEx. Members of the public can observe the meeting using the WebEx system by following the link in the library's event calendar or by calling one 655 0001 and entering access code 24897959234. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call in for each item on the agenda. We will conduct public comment with attendees in the CRET first and then move to WebEx for public comment. For today's meeting, each comment is limited to two minutes. To make public comment when connected by phone, Please raise your hand by dialing star three to be added to the remote queue for the agenda item you intend to comment on. Individuals joining by WebEx should click the raise hand button to be added to the queue. Mike Smith with Media Services Operations will moderate WebEx virtual comment. Mr. Smith will call upon WebEx attendees by name or by caller number to prompt each attendee who wishes to provide public comment. If we experience any technical issues with WebEx, we will recess and try to address the issue. Please try logging back into WebEx if there are technical problems. Library commissioners in attendance today are President Connie Wolf, Vice President Pete Wong, Commissioners Ono, Mall, Lomax, Ghiraduzzi, Lopez, and Bolander. Thank you very much. Welcome to today's meeting, March 16th, 2023, the meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission. To those of us here in Corette, we are delighted to see you. Thank you so much for coming. And we are very pleased to welcome our virtual audience via the WebEx platform. We have a very full meeting ahead, and we will start with the Ramatush Ohlone Land Acknowledgement. Um, I just want to say this is different than, thank you, than my notes. The San Francisco Public Library Commission acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We recognize that the Ramatush Ohlone understand the interconnectedness of all things and have maintained harmony with nature for millennia. We honor the Ramatush Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to Mother Earth. As the indigenous protectors of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. We recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as first peoples and we wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community. We recognize to respectfully honor Ramatush peoples, we must embrace and collaborate meaningfully to record indigenous knowledge in how we care for San Francisco and all of its people. If you have not already done so, all the materials for this meeting are available to download on the Library Commission page of the library's website at sfpl.org. Today we have a total of six agenda items and we will begin with item number one, which is general public comment. And I just want to remind you that public comment um, throughout the meeting today will be limited to two minutes. 
We will start with general public comment from members of the public present here in the Coret Auditorium and then take public comment from members of the public observing or listening via WebEx. We welcome everyone's comments, and as a reminder, public comment is a time for the public to comment or provide feedback on the issues before the Commission. Um, public comment is now open here in Corette. We invite you to come up to the podium, introduce yourself, and the timer will begin. Thank you. Good afternoon, Commissioners and uh, City Librarian Michael Lambert. You've done a stellar job since uh, Luis Herrera left, and I thank you very much for that. Um, I'm my name is Mary Harris, President of All My Neighbors in Action, District 11 Council, Invest Black, et cetera. And I'm here, I just got out of the hospital yesterday, so I shouldn't even be here, but I wanted to come in solidarity with my community, Lakeview, oh my community, to lobby for your support, your renewed support for the new Ocean View Library and the investment that it's gonna take for a community to have that new library. It is a valuable resource that we desperately need. We've overgrown. The, we started with a storefront. I organized a group of 20 to go down and see Mayor Lee, and we got a new library, but we've outgrown it at the seams. We don't have room for um, our 39 childcare um, bodies that we have. We have uh, Jose Ortega, we have Sheridan School. They don't all fit in the library. It is too small. We can't have the expanded collection for Asian Latino books and we have almost 50% Asian in the OMI. So I'm asking that you commit to making sure that we have the library. We did the feasibility study in 2019, so it's four years later, and we're still waiting. And it seems that the, the, uh, we, the, uh, it's waned, the, the investment, that the commitment has seen to, we haven't heard anything. We, we're not having the community meetings. We need to have it back. We need this valuable resource. Since COVID more than ever, we've got five uh, food pantries at capacity. And so we desperately Thank you. need this library. Please Thank you. your commitment. Thank, Thank you. you. My name is Anne Marie Nowak. My membership is OMI Neighbors in Action. I'm the secretary of that meet group. I wanted to stress how important the Ocean View Library is to its community. Uh, I'm an active part of the community center uh, at IT Bookman, and we've depended heavily on the support from the Ocean View Library. We have been unable to schedule many meetings, for example, in the community space of that little tiny space. We have a place that the city owns. We've had the work done for community involvement and community input. We've worked on the budget, and I understand because we've waited so long that the price is going up. Please don't wait any longer. Please let us have our library as agreed. Thank you. Hello, 
Glenn Rogers. It's nice to meet you again. I'm a landscape architect and I view the proposed site, 100 Orizaba, right across my street. When I was a child, I used to cross Alamany. You know, I know how difficult that particular street is to cross. I wanted to let you know that uh, the location primarily is the, uh, the, the uh, transportation is the, primarily the biggest problem with that particular site. To begin, Orizaba, where the new library is to be located, is too narrow. In addition, side, the side streets feeding Orizaba are too big and long, and which could create a, a bottleneck should, should some sort of traffic jam occur. Sagamore Street, which uh, feeds the traffic past the uh, library, has the opportunity to uh, has the opportunity to, to provide a tremendous amount of um, traffic to that particular location, but unfortunately, it travels very quickly. It might seems my biggest fear is that uh, when the uh, traffic engineers finish with this particular solution that they're going to be coming up with, that it's going to be like Ocean Avenue, and Ocean Avenue, as you know, you know, it backs up you know, almost a mile as you're trying to get onto it, you know, if you're, if you're heading uh, east. And this is, my, this is my fear. The solution for a Sagamore Street at Orizaba will not be a stoplight because that would make all that traffic incredibly uh, backed up for, for miles and would uh, ruin one of the few ways that you're able to get to... Uh, the east side of the west side of San Francisco. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. My name is Frederick Galt. I'm from District 11, and I just wanted to speak in favor of uh, moving forward as rapidly as possible to get our new library built. Um, it's a very important resource for those of us that live there. And um, we have a lot of children in the neighborhood, and we would like them to be served properly by the library. So. My only reason for being here is just to show my support for a rapid development of this new library. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is George Wooding. First, um, much love to Mary Harris. It's so good to see her. Uh, why I'm here today is I want to talk about Brotherhood Way, not so much the library. Um, Brotherhood Way is owned by the Department of Public Works, and Brotherhood Way is a four-lane, tree-lined promenade that stretches from Lake Merced across Unipero Serra Boulevard and ends at Alamany Boulevard. It is the home of the Holy Trinity, Greek Orthodox Church, Armenian Church, um, and a whole bunch of places on one side. On the side going west, it is a green belt. And what I'm afraid of is this, this library is the start of building on the uh, green belt. And it looks to me like, by design, it is the only location that has been selected. 
and by the supervisor in District 11. And what that tells me is there's always room for flexibility or other locations. So I think that once this library is built, we're going to be seeing a massive amount of development, housing units. It's going to go right down the green belt. And this worries me a great deal as um, I think that it should keep the green belt and it, there should be some greenery and open space in that part of town. And that is almost as valuable to me as the library. I'm certain there are other places that they could put the library um, in District 11. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good afternoon, I'm Peter Warfield, head of Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com. And for those who might want to get in touch uh, with some privacy, PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. First of all, I'm disappointed that there's only two minutes instead of the usual three. There are a few extra people here, well, many more people than usually come, but that shouldn't close your ears to the extra minute. Uh, we, uh, as a Library Users Association, wants good libraries, better libraries for everybody, including all of those who use them and those who work here. And uh, in that respect, uh, it seems the library could do a lot more to uh, make known the excellent quality materials that it has for news and other ideas, if you like. the. Uh, internet, which it so much touts, is just full of misinformation and disinformation. It would be really useful if the library uh, made known, better known, what it has uh, in the way of information, especially accountable information. Uh, unfortunately, the library continues to tout Facebook, Twitter, and other social media things that have been known to be problematic, severely problematic, Francis Haugen for example, talked about Facebook at the Senate and in articles about how it prefers profits over safety. And ex-Twitter employee convicted of sending private data to Saudi government, privacy is a serious issue with all of the social media folks. And finally, I'm a little disappointed that uh, in honoring somebody who's done uh, pretty much almost a lifetime of work at the library here at the end, Kathy Bremer, that they're uh, isn't a little more information about her than just the agenda item. Thanks very much. Uh, good afternoon, Commission. Uh, good, after good, good afternoon, City Librarian uh, Lambert. My name is EJ Jones. I am a fourth generation resident of the Lakeview OMI community. Um, Lakeview has been promised a new library since I was a young child. Um, we have the largest amount of students and families. However, we have the smallest library. Um, the library really is the cornerstone of community for so many people. And it's very important that we have this resource. We have had the opportunity to have community meetings. We have had the opportunity to um, get input. And honestly, we just want to see this move forward. Um, this is something that um, 
many of our community members and who I call elders um, have fought for for many years. And we want to make sure that this happens. Um, so I'm just here to stand in support of moving forward with the library. Um, and that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm here also to support the library. I think it's really important in our neighborhood that we have something like that. And it's a community center. It's got to be big enough where people can come in after school, do their homework. And also, um, I've, I've seen all ages in the community too, in the, in the libraries too, you know, older people come in or people like me, and uh, looking at the magazines, looking at the books, find a place for Haven in the neighborhood. And that's really important that we keep that going and we have it big enough and it'd be great to have a community room too. And I know that they've been working really hard and putting on their, um, their uh, they have all kinds of activities going on for the community based on, you know, the holidays that were around and stuff. So I really would lo love to have a, a a bigger space um, to allow more people in. And I'm not a native, but my kids are of the OMI. So they remind me of that all the time. So please, we need our library. <laughs> thank, thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners, to our rock star city librarian, Michael Lambert, really appreciate you. Uh, my name is Renard Monroe. I'm homeowner, homeowner in Lakeview OMI also. I work in OMI, I'm the executive director of Youth First, and I'm the president of Invest Black. So my after school and summer program has utilized the small library for the past 20 plus years, okay? I get complaints from the library weekly because I bring a big group and the library can't hold it. But I would rather my children be forced into a library and into the streets or to a liquor store, okay? this. Our community needs this library. It's not really a pro and con on this one. This is the most underserved community in San Francisco. This investment by the San Francisco Library is so important to our community. It's so important to the growth of our community, the growth of our children. It's a place where people meet. It's a place where people learn. And we look forward to this library. Um, everybody in this community is excited about this. There's a lot of people who aren't here today who have moved on and passed away that have been working to try to get this library here. Mary Harris is one of the last soldiers standing, right, um, fighting for this library. And we would appreciate as we can just keep moving forward together and building our communities. You know, people die for a right to read a book, okay? It's important. It's important. Well, where would you guys be? Where will we be without that library? So I'm just here in support of our library. I'm in the community all day, every day, and I can't wait to see those that, that ground broken soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Uh, my name's Stacia Bowler, and I'm a longtime patron of the library, and I love it. And I'm here to speak for it, just in general, that I consider it like the, 
the basis of our community and our civilization. Uh, I'd like to mention that the word library derives from, uh, uh, I know one word that it's like, it's from the French, it's livre, which is book. And it has to do with reading. And so I'm, I really want to say that what it is about the library is the books. And I want to speak for the books just in general and to say that I know that technology is appealing. I know it's nice to have a place to gather. But the responsibility of the people taking care of the library is to make sure that the books are taken care of and protected and featured as what the library is for because that's our heritage, it's our culture, it's our community. It's what is left to us from before and what we need to take care of. So thank you very much and uh, best wishes. Thank, thank you very much. Hello, hello, Commission. Uh, my name is Keith Richardson, and I'm a, a proud San Francisco native. Um, I'm here in support of building the library uh, because um, a little bit about my background. Uh, I was born and raised here, as I just said, and I went to Reardon. And after that, uh, for my education, uh, went to co uh, College of San Mateo, and then eventually earning my master's from Harvard University. Um, the library really served as a pillar of my education uh, today. I, I, I'm proudly uh, an advocate of the library, bring my little cousin to the downtown library all the time, and it really just serves as community. It brings older people, brings younger people together, and my grandparents, uh, they're not born and raised here, but uh, they've been here in the community for over 50 years. And I see as like, you know, my little cousin, he's 13, um, and my grandparents, they're aging, and it will just serve as, you know, a place where you bring both people together. Um, and I'm so, like, proud to be a San Franciscan, and this is just really what breeds, you know, the specialness of San Francisco innovation, forward thought. So please, I would consider um, in support of the library. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners. Thanks for serving our city. But I have a matter of considerable concern to bring to your attention. I'm a senior. I don't use the internet for library services. And there have been some serious lapses in services you provide to the hundreds of thousands of San Franciscans, such as myself, who are not internet users. Largely, for the reasons Mr. Warfield has explained. But specifically, um, no sneezing is allowed while I'm speaking, please. Um, specifically, um, um, the library until recently has um, honored us non-internet users by sending out paper notices in the US mail, as they've always done, um, 
for overdue or holds. Recently, uh, items on my record were overdue and I never received any paper notice. This is a, such concern that I think you should put this on your next meeting's agenda, specifically reviewing the reliability of a system that has served so many hundreds of th thousands of San Franciscans for so many years. You need to continue to offer this service. I don't want to sound unkind, but I think it's so serious that if you don't, I think you'll be sued. It's that serious. Um, it's called equal opportunity, equal service to all San Franciscans. So as I say, that I'm speaking from firsthand experience. Uh, if I need to repeat myself, you've not done that in my case recently. And I don't have any reason to believe it was an accident. I'm pretty cynical. We're all under tremendous budgetary constraints, and we don't know. But please serve Thank all you. San Francisco. Thank you for your comments. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, uh, commissioners and the city librarian. My name is Ruth McGinnis, and I worked for the library for 40 years. Um, when I entered library service, um, staff had very few rights. We could be told that tomorrow you're not working here, next day you're working at place across town. Um, you had no um, way to convey your needs, um, your preferences. When the, I was an early librarian, there was a librarian's guild that formed, and the librarian's guild was part of the um, SEIU, which was very, and the guild was very respected in the SEIU partly because of Kathy Brimmer, who you're honoring today. Kathy Brimmer was a librarian's librarian. She was also a librarian for the staff, and she was a librarian for the public. She would not say, it's over there on that shelf. She would help people. She would go to whatever legs she had to go to help people. She um, marched and picketed, as did we all when we needed to. She kept our um, staff members appraised that we had enough stewards to go to for the need of uh, anybody that was having a problem. I did some of that, she did some of that, Andrea did. A lot of us were stewards and did that, but Kathy, we will not meet her type again. She was extraordinary. She was fun she, and smart. Thank you very much for your comments. Good afternoon. My name is Al Harris, former commissioner. Hi there, city librarian. I just want you to know that I don't want to keep waiting and waiting and waiting for this new library. People get old and you hear like, well, it'll be finished in 2030. Well, you know, when you're 84 years old, 2030 is a long way off. 
And a lot of people are not going to see that date. So let's stop beating around the bush and let's get busy on our new library. Now, as far as the traffic is concerned, that can all be worked out later. But in the meantime, we really need to move forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, my name is Richard. Great speech, by the way. I love it. Short and simple and straight to the point. Um, I'm a member of the community of Ingleside. I've been a member for 31 years. And um, that library is a part of us, you know, it's a part of our, our neighborhood and we really respect it and we really enjoy it. And hearing recently that you guys are planning to like demolish it and build something else, it, it breaks my heart because I used to go to the library in Stonestown. I used to go to the library down by Ocean and I didn't even know that I had a library so close to the house. And once I figured that out, that's been my library. And um, I'm going to have kids one day and I want them to know that that's a part of us. And I was here to save that library today. So uh, I hope you guys can consider, you know, keeping our library and building it as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Any further public comment here in Coret Auditorium? Seeing there's no further comment here in Coret Auditorium, we're now going to turn to general public comment via WebEx. For members of the public who wish to make public comment on WebEx, please press star three to line up or to speak or press the raise hand button. Operations, um, if there are any commenters in the remote queue, please begin to put the commenters through. Thank you. Madam President, at this time, there are four commenters in the queue. I will begin putting them through now. We are OMI. Your two minutes begin now. Uh, thank you for um, the time. Thanks to all my friends and neighbors that were able to show up in person. My name is Johanna Lopez Miyaki. I am the co-founder of We Are OMI, which is a neighborhood group in the OMI, and also the project director for Friends of the OMI Mini Parks. We steward our parks and green spaces in our neighborhoods. Like parks and green spaces, uh, libraries are public goods, and so are parks. So we strongly are aligned with the need for a library like the one that we've been promised. So I come here today, not only in support of that, but to ask for a few things. That you prioritize this library's, um, this new library being built. Um, we wait around for a lot of things in the OMI. We're asked to be patient, to make do, and we shouldn't have to. Um, I ask for some transparency because, as my friend Mary Harris mentioned, we haven't had a public meeting. Uh, many people don't know that this is even happening, that some people don't know the library is being rebuilt. Some people don't know that there it might not be that the funding is yet again going to be suspended and sent elsewhere when we've been waiting. Um, I'm going to ask you to think about the community because, again, Public libraries, public spaces, public parks, they're all public goods. And one that we sorely need in the OMI because there's a need to gather and be together. And I think that became even more apparent during the pandemic is that we didn't have places for people to go. Um, my parks group has put together a community challenge grant to um, build a nature exploration area on the Greenway next to the mini park where the library would be in an effort to what another gentleman mentioned, we aren't going to expand and build on the Greenway, but what we are going to do is create a community hub and a space for people to utilize it and to gather and to build community. 
two minutes. Thank you. Laura, your two minutes begin now. Hi, everyone. My name is Laura Padilla, resident of the OMI Lakeview community. Here, I'm speaking on behalf of my family, my children, and all the children that live um, within a mile vicinity of this potential new library. Um, and I'll keep it short. What's the holdup? What is the holdup? We have been promised a library. So my ask to you today, Commission, is a meeting with an update before the next Commission meeting to our community. We are owed more transparency. We are owed more information on how to engage in a vision for the library that is very much needed um, and has been needed. We have many, many people in the room who have said they have asked for this for many generations and we, you have yet to deliver. We have yet to deliver because I take responsibility as well as a member of this community to provide our community with needs to build its resiliency, to build its literacy that is so important for our generation and our community to thrive. So please, please get us more information. Please be uh, just good neighbors and let us know what is the holdup. Um, and that, that's all I have for you today. So thank you for listening. Um, and thank you, um, Librarian Michael Lambert for championing this work over the years. Um, all I'm asking for is more information. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller Roberto, your two minutes begin now. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners and city librarian. I just wanted to express uh, my support for the building of the new library in the Lakeview OMI neighborhood and to implore upon you to please make this a high priority. Um, apologies to my uh, neighbors for not being able to attend in person to show my support um, and commissioners and city librarian. I know you have a difficult task trying to balance the needs of thousands of people in the city, but I strongly feel that the Lakeview OMI neighborhood is deserving of having this library built as soon as possible. And thank you for your time. Thank you, caller. Caller Tiffany, your two minutes begin now. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Tiffany Ng. I work as a community organizer with the Chinese Press of Association, and we coordinate Sister Gardens, which is one block away from the current Ocean View Library on Brotherhood Way. I couldn't make it in, in, in person today, but um, really appreciate hearing from the other OMI community members. I'm here to express support for continued investment in building the expanded Ocean View Library. Many of our 40 plus garden members are patrons of the library. And we often rely on the library at the garden to host indoor events. And we partner together for many community events throughout the year. So I hope the library commission can ensure that um, this is a priority to keep moving on this project. And also that there is pedestrian and street safety being considered um, because I know that there's been a lot of concerns about the proposed location at Orizaba. Um, and that's all I have to share. Thank you, caller. Madam President, there are no additional callers in the queue at this time. Seeing that there are no additional callers in the queue, um, public any further public comment, um, otherwise public comment on this. We have uh, an, an additional public comment here in Corret Auditorium. 
Good afternoon. My name is Delia Fitzpatrick. I am with um, The Good Rule. I also chair the OMI Community Collaborative. We have been a part of the conversation um, and were present when the plan was presented to the community. We have been waiting. I don't know what the holdup is. I know that, you know, COVID, the money missing, all of this, all of these little things, but the community is waiting. Um, we, what does a kid do when they don't have a safe space? We need more safe spaces in community. Um, as I was little, I went to every library in the city and out. Um, my mother went to, went to college. I went to every college library. I sat and I waited for hours, waiting for my mother. If you remove those places in community, where are children going to go? Who is going to take care of our children? And that is the librarians. They are vital to our children's upbringing, and they need to be restored. They are the superheroes. They are the, the aunties and the mommies, and, and they take care of our children. We want our children in Lakeview to have that extra support, the ones that they don't find in school when school's over. We have after-school programs, but libraries and books lead us to a different direction and a higher elevation. Please put our, our library in Lakeview. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, and thank you for this opportunity. My name is Mary Evelyn Thomas. I've been in Lakeview since second grade. I went to Sheridan. The library was right down the street where there's a store now. They have the small library, but the librarian was awesome and necessary. That was a place of refuge. That's a place of learning. That's a place of kindness. We need that back in our community. We need a large one. The one we have there is, was very small. This one's a little bigger, but we need more so that we can keep our community growing and children learning. And we just thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Correct? Good evening, uh, commissioners. My name is Maurice Rivers. I am the executive director of the OMI Cultural Participation Project, and I'm a lifelong OMI resident. My family's been there for over 60 years. I live directly across the street from the original building. I've played and gone to get books in both the, the current location and the original. My community needs this library. My fellow neighbors and community leaders have gone to many, many meetings over the years to advocate for this. And I will dare say that a, a library is often like a church. It's a refuge where people go to get resources for comfort, anything you need. It's there. My community needs this library and, and the money that was allocated for this library should be promised to us. Please give us our library. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public comment? Seeing no further public comment, general public comment is now closed. I would like to just say that um, to thank everybody for their extraordinary, thoughtful, meaningful remarks today, both here in Corette and via WebEx. We heard you, we listened. Um, we recognize that your coming here and speaking is a very important part of the democratic process. 
So we, um, I, I know I can speak on behalf of all of the commissioners here. You have a full house tonight. We heard you and we recognize how important a library is in a community and we are committed to making sure every citizen in the city has access to the services and the resources and the facilities they need. So I just wanna thank you. Your comments were inspiring and very thoughtful and um, we love that you love your library and are here to tell us why it is so important and we um, look forward to further conversations with you in the future. So thank you. Um, we will now move on to item number two and item number two is discussion and possible action to approve the February Commission meeting minutes. We will open public comment before our Commission discussion on this item. Um, we will begin with public comment on this item from members of the public present here in Corret Auditorium and then take public comment from members of the public observing or listening via WebEx. Um, public comment is now open here in Corret and just a reminder the time limit is still remaining at two minutes. Thank you. Peter Warfield, head of Library Users Association. I wish that the minutes were as uh, listened to and prepared by somebody uh, who listens as much as we just heard the president of the Library Commission say uh, the Library Commission has listened to all of the folks in the room. Unfortunately, the minutes are very political and they leave out or distort stuff to the point where a great deal is left out or not at all clear uh, or even uh, in some cases in the past has been the reverse of what people say. Uh, on a general public comment, I, as usual, for about a year and a half, specified that Facebook is toxic and the library shouldn't be adv advocating and basically uh, recruiting for users, as it does on a lot of its publicity, for no particular reason. Frances Haugen testified to that in articles in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere. She was a Facebook uh, uh, management person, and she testified at the Senate that has been left out of my public comments on this first item, public comment in general. Likewise, I believe I talked about other uh, concerns uh, besides Facebook as well. Um, there was a very important exchange for which I'd like to thank Commissioner Mall. Uh, the commission discussion on the budget update, I was concerned about the fact that you can't go to the library and listen to anything, whether online or, for that matter, in any other, uh, from any other mode, with, unless you bring earphones or uh, headphones. And I said that that struck me as very incomplete service and very important omission. She twice asked the library uh, head, Michael Lambert, if he couldn't do uh, provide those. He gave an unclear answer, and then she pressed again, and he gave an unclear answer. Those should be in the minutes. Thank you. Thank you very much for your comments. Any further public comment regarding um, the February Commission meeting minutes here in Corret? We will now, seeing there's no further public comment here, we'll now turn to public comment via WebEx. Um, operations, if there are any commenters in the remote, in the remote queue, queue, please begin please to begin put the to commenters, commenters through. through. Madam President, there are currently no commenters in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow commenters to raise their hands. Madam President, there are no commenters in the queue. Hearing there are no further um, requests for comments, public comment is now closed and we move to the commission discussion. 
and action on item number two. Would someone like to make a motion to um, approve the minutes of the February commission meeting? I move to approve the minutes of February 2nd. We have a motion from Commissioner Lopez, a second. Uh, a second. We have a motion from Commissioner Lopez, a second from Commissioner Mall to approve the minutes. And I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf. Aye. Vice President Wong. Aye. Commissioner Ono. Aye. Commissioner Lomax Giraduzzi. Aye. Commissioner Bolander. Aye. The motion passes unanimously. We now turn to item number three. Um, discussion and action to approve a resolution to fund discover and go passes to the Civic Center skate rink. Uh, this is an action item and I am turning the meeting over to City Librarian Michael Lambert. Thank you. Thank you, Madam President. Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, before library staff introduces this topic, or our Chief Operating Officer, excuse me, Maureen Singleton, will share a brief statement to recuse herself from this discussion and prospective action item before the commission. Maureen? Thank you, Michael. Good afternoon, commissioners and members of the public. I think it is important to note that I am a city representative director on the board of the Civic Center Community Benefit District. I have recused myself from any participation or decision-making in connection with this grant. Based on advice from the city attorney, I will excuse myself from the commission meeting while this item is discussed and voted on. So if you just give me a few moments to make my exit, I will do that. Thank you so much. Exit stage left. Thank you, Maureen. All right, library staff is now bringing forth a resolution for your consideration to grant funding to the Civic Center Community Benefit District for inclusion of free passes in our Discover and Go platform for our patrons to have access to the San Francisco skating rink right here in Civic Center next to the main library. You have an explanatory memo in your packet that provides additional background. Our CFO, Mike Fernandez, and Michelle Jeffers, our Chief of Community Programs and Partnerships, will be taking you through the presentation this evening, and Michelle is gonna get us started. I sure am. Hi, welcome, Commissioners. I'm Michelle Jeffers, Chief of Community Programs and Partnerships, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Mike Fernandez, our Chief Financial Officer. And I'm here to give you a little bit of the background um, about Discover and Go and how we ended up in this position with Skate San Francisco. Um, so Discover and Go is a program that uh, works for many libraries across the United States now, um, providing passes to local attractions in their region for free that they can check out with a library card. For our San Francisco Public Library's participation, I will say that we started our own um, museum pass attraction program in 2009 in partnership with the Department of Children, Youth, and Families. And we kept that going for a few years, and then Discover and Go came along, which is actually administered by the Contra Costa County Library System. And they had more attractions in their system, and it was a superior, easier checkout process for patrons. So we went along, we closed our program, and, and um, 
added all our attractions to Discover and Go. So it was easier to administer. Right now, there, as I mentioned, there are more than 43 Bay Area museums and attractions in there. You have to be a San Francisco resident with a San Francisco library card with your address, birth date, and zip code in your library record to use the program. Um, uh, it, it was also intended to replace what in the dark ages used to be um, free family day at the museums that would often be one day a year all the museums would open their doors to people to come in and it was often very hard to administer for the museums to have everyone visiting for free as a family on the same day so part of this was also a effort to get away from that idea by spreading it out over the course of a year you can go to every museum in the city one time a year with this pass um, I mentioned that right now we have about the trailing 12 months, we have more than 8,000 reservations that have been used at local attractions. Those reservations actually represent four to six times as much because each reservation allows you to have two adults and up to four children attending with you on those reservations. Um, it's been wildly popular um, and very successful and very easy for library systems to administer. Um, as, as I pointed out here, I wanted to give you guys an idea of what are the top 10 attractions in Discover and Go, and probably it's no surprise what those are, except that I did not realize until I pulled this number for you that the Charles Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa was so popular, but now you, now, now you do know. Um, and when um, last year, uh, last fall, we were approached by the mayor's office, the Civic Center, um, the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, um, the, the Civic Center Community D Benefit District and others to look into, to, as they were planning to put a roller skating rink right next door to the main library. And our city librarian and his wisdom suggested that maybe we could have tickets available through Discover and Go so that families could go for free instead of paying the price of the roller skating rink, which is, I believe it's $15 for adults and $5 for children. So we wanted to make passes available, and that's how we came to you to try to sod our T's and cross our I's. <laughs> and I'll let Mike take over. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. So I get the fun part. <clears throat> um, so Chapter 21G is a part of the administrative code. Um, the administrative code governs, among other things, the rules around procurement, purchasing, how we enter contracts and different agreements, and it governs grant agreements. It was recently up, updated, and the relevant section I've, I went ahead and highlighted for you, which now, which this was updated just last January, and it now reads that the, the granting agency shall recommend, shall recommend to the commissioner board concern the approval and award of a grant pursuant to the subsection and it's and such commission board may then adopt a resolution approving the justification of the sole source and awarding grant so that gets probably the next question you're probably wondering what is this term sole source um it's essentially what it means uh, it means essentially how it reads it means that there's only one entity that can provide whatever it is you're looking to enter into agreement about. And so in this case, um, there's, only, uh, there's, only one, there's only one entity that we could possibly enter into an agreement with. And the way that they changed Chapter 21G makes it so that the way that we would enter an agreement with this entity, the Civic Center Community Benefit District, is through the granting process.
And so hopefully in changing the code, they did um, provide us some guidance on various categories of how to explain or justify why how something can only have one source. And in this case, the the correct the correct category is the infeasible and impractical. So why is it either infeasible or impractical? Well, as Michelle mentioned, we were asked to join this great pilot project um, after it had already started. So this 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 um, this entity was already created and already in existence when we were asked to to join in. Um, it is a pilot project, so meaning it's it's short lived. It does it's it's slated to end at the end of March, meaning. If we were to try to go out through the bidding process, it will take several months, and the and the scanning group will be already be closed, so that we'd miss the window. So it's just really impossible. The Civic Center Community Benefit District is both a district that was created um, by ordinance, as well as has a nonprofit attached with it. So there's two entities technically. And the second entity, the nonprofit, is the entity that we would be entering this grant agreement with. Um, it was created as a community benefit district that levies against all the property owners in the region and its role is to activate that space. So they really are the only ones that have that legal jurisdiction to, or have that jurisdiction to activate that space. We went ahead and reached out to our colleagues over at the Office of Economic and Workforce Development who have an agreement as well with uh, the Benefit District, and they were able to confirm that, yes, this is the only entity that could have created this this project or this program to begin with. Um, and l the amount is only for $20,000 that we're asking for. You notice that the dates go back to February, so we are asking for a retroactive um, we're asking for retroactive approval. And the reason for that is essentially because this is a pretty new rule and we don't do a lot of granting. We unfortunately essentially went down the wrong approval path initially. And so we got a little bit of a late start coming to you. So now that we know what this process looks like and how to do it, we can avoid that mistake again in the future. Um, but so we are asking for approval to go back to February 1. And so with that, the staff does recommend your approval of the resolution before you to allow us to enter into a sole source agreement with the Civic Center, Civic Center Community Benefit District for the amount of $20,000. Thank you, Mike. Okay. Thank you, Mike and Michelle. Um, I really appreciate you explaining that and taking responsibility for the library in your and in our defense. I will say initially the Office of Contracts Administration did say we didn't have to do this before legal counsel came back and said we did have to do it. So we're here, we're doing our due diligence, and we appreciate your consideration of taking action to approve this resolution. Thank you. Thank you very much, City Librarian, and thank you very much for your presentations. We would now like to, before uh, commission discussion, we would now like to open this up for public comment here in um, Corret, and which will be followed by public comment online. Public comment is now open here in Corret. Peter Warfield, Head of Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. I certainly don't want to uh, stop anybody from enjoying roller skating, but I do have some problems. 
The first problem is that the library's wonderful slogan, which I like very much, starts out with key element, elements, free and equal access. So now we're talking about a roller rink that has $40 a ticket, could be used by two and two people in a family, but it might just be one person who wants. And now it has a restriction. You have to be a San Francisco resident. Anybody can walk into a library and enjoy a lot of what the library has without any preconditions. How will the tickets be given out? That's a whole issue with respect to technology. I am discovering, for example, that the tickets the library has through Eventbrite and in other ways has favored those technologically connected and those who don't have access either don't know about the tickets or can't get them because they don't have access, they don't have email, etc. That's a problem. There are going to be plenty of people who will qualify or don't qualify, $40 a ticket. The other thing is CBD. It's managed through a community benefit district. These are highly anti-democratic uh, organizations that run through the control of the property owners. Whoever owns the most value of property gets the most votes. They get proportional according to uh, their property value. And that's a problem with respect in general, but now that they will be having something to do with this program is, as far as I can tell, problematic unless I hear otherwise. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Corette? Seeing no further po public comment here, we now turn to WebEx operations. If there are any callers in the queue, please, please put them through. Madam President, at this time, there are no callers in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow additional callers to raise their hand. Madam President, there are no callers in the queue at this time. Thank you very much, Operations. Seeing there's no further request for public comment, public comment on this item number three is now um, closed. Um, commissioners, we have before us a motion to retroactively approve the resolution to grant funding to the Civic Center Community Benefit District for Discover and Go Passes at Civic Center Skate Rink. Unless there are any comments or questions. Okay, Commissioner Mall. I understand the um, administrative jargon that went into all this. Um, it seems to me like this would have been a great project for the friends to have um, supported. I mean, I'm all for it in any case, but um, that just seems like a nice project for them. May I, may, may I also mention that the friends does pay for our membership overall in Discover and Go oh, okay, and good. pays for some of our attractions. Just this one has does not have the deep pockets that many of our attractions do. So okay. we're paying per ticket for this. Okay, then I move that we um, support this. Are we ready for the motion? Oh, um, Commissioner Ono, did you have a question or comment? I just wanted to um, comment that I appreciate that we're doing this in spite of what we were told we didn't have to do. So I appreciate us being forthright even though it's retroactive, but at least we're doing the right thing. So I agree with Commissioner Mull. I'll second your motion. We have a, a motion from Commissioner Mall and a second from Commissioner Ono to approve this resolution. I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf. Aye. Vice President Wong. Aye. Commissioner Lomax Giraduzzi. Aye. 
Commissioner Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Bolander. Aye. The motion passes unanimously. Thank you very much for your presentation and information. It was very helpful and glad this can move forward. Thank you. Thank you. So now we turn to item number four, which is really thrilling. And I, well, <laughs> data can be thrilling, and we know that, Commissioner Bolander. Um, so this is a discussion on the public services mid-year trends. And so I'm turning it over first to City, Li City Librarian Michael Lambert. Thank you. Thank you, President Wolf. The mid-year progress report, uh, it'll be a good segue to the items we'll be highlighting later on the City Librarian's report. Um, I've got my notes a little out of order, so bear with me real quick. I am pleased to introduce our presenter, though, Randy McClure, our Chief Analytics Officer. But before I do, I just want to express our appreciation for this opportunity to present our mid-year progress. So we're in the midst of closing out quarter three at the end of March, and uh, we do have our most recent performance metrics through the first half of the fiscal year extending through the end of January. So it's a little bit more than just a mid-year progress report. To date, we have made great strides in restoring library programs and services since we resumed seven-day service at all 28 library locations last fall. And I am encouraged the fruit of these efforts is bearing out in the data. Randy, take it away. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. Randy McClure here to walk you through a very brief presentation on some of our key public services metrics at mid-year. Okay, we'll start with visits, uh, which as you can see here has flattened a bit as we've gone through the winter months. So much rain <laughs> and bad weather, but still shows a solid 17% increase in FY23 through January versus the previous seven months of last year. So with increased programming occurring in the second half of this year currently, we're already starting to see another uptick in our visits. February, which is not pictured here on the slide, was our most heavily trafficked month since reopening on a per day basis. So you will see that after the next few months when we do an annual update. Okay, similarly, what, what happened? Is there a... Hmm. Keeps going back. It won't go further. I can talk through it if that's amenable. Okay. So uh, I, if you have it in your packet, you should be able to see the next slide, which is about circulation. <clears throat> and similarly, uh, circulation has flattened out a bit, but it is still frequently eclipsing 1 million circulations per month with just a little bit less than half of that represented from the electronic materials side. The next slide uh, gets into some of our IT services. Uh, you can see our public computer sessions are up 15% 
this fiscal year versus, again, the last seven months of fiscal year 22. And moving over to Wi-Fi, our connections in Wi-Fi are up 22% over the same seven-month time period compared this fiscal year to the previous fiscal year. And then finally, we look at programming. Uh, this is a quarterly view, not a monthly view. Um, but you can see since reopening how it's grown and continues to grow. Our output has increased in programming 90% in FY23 versus the last six months of FY22. So that's almost doubling. And across all of our public services core metrics, all of the ones you've seen here today and we track frequently with you, we remain on an upward trajectory in the second half of the fiscal year that's upcoming that we're currently in and is upcoming is traditionally when, our, when we see our greatest gains. Usually in the spring as the weather gets better, we have more time in the evening now that it's daylight savings. Uh, so we do expect through March and all the way through the end of the school year, we'll start to see even more growth uh, on all of these metrics. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. This is promising, and I do want to commend all the staff who have been working so hard to restore library programs and services the past few months. I've attended some truly extraordinary library programs and outreach events in the past few weeks, including this past weekend at Ingleside Branch Library with Dr. Lopez. Uh, the one common theme has been the positive testimonials I've heard from members of the, of the community and community leaders. And I've seen a number of commissioners attending programs. Thank you for showing your support of the staff. You know, it truly feels great to see our patrons returning to enjoy their physical spaces and our libraries again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, before we turn this over to discussion from and questions from the commission, um, we open it up for public comment here in Coret, followed by public comment online. Public comment is now open here in Coret Auditorium. Peter Warfield, head of Library Users Association, Library Users. 2004 at yahoo.com and P.O. Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. I do have some comments. Uh, I'm certainly glad that the library has opened up more than it was when it was closed completely and that it's been gradually increasing. The hours are not restored to the previous pre-COVID hours. The hours that have been chopped systematically are the evening hours uh, in basically all of the branches that used to be open till nine o'clock, typically twice or three times a week. They all close now when they used to close at nine at eight. You can't go to a branch after eight o'clock where you used to be able to go after nine. That has implications for programming. That has certainly implications for people's access to books and especially certain folks who may be working or going to school during the day and need those evening hours and have said over and over again at library surveys, they most want you to add more hours on evenings and weekends. How about that? So of course you're gonna have better circulation electronic versus books when you have the same access electronically but not the same access to books when you have chopped hours. And all of these increases presumably it's more noticeable at the beginning, happen to be typically for uh, when you have more hours at the library. I'm also concerned with how you measure circulation of electronic books. When I've looked at electronic books, 
to browse which one do I want or which edition or which version of, let's say, a, a how-to-do-it plumbing. At the library, I pull off a bunch of books and I see which one looks best. Ebooks, I have to borrow the book to even look at any aspect of it. I don't think these are equivalent figures. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, any further public comment here in Karat Auditorium? Seeing no further public comment, we will now turn operations. Um, we're well, we'll turn to our participants via WebEx. Um, operations, if there is anyone in the queue, please, please put them forward. Madam President, at this time, there are no callers in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow additional commenters to raise their hand. Madam President, there are no callers in the queue at this time. Thank you very much, Operation. Seeing that there are no further requests for comments in Caret or on WebEx, public comment on item number four is now concluded. And we will now open this up for discussion from the commissioners. Randall, you probably might want to step up. Just want to say thank you very much to the entire staff. What we're seeing is just incredible. Um, expansion of participation as we come out of the, the deep, dark depths of COVID. And um, it's wonderful to see the trajectory going up. So I will open this up for public comment. And what a surprise, Commissioner Bolander. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for the presentation. Um, before I comment on the data, I would like to thank the library staff for this fantastic PowerPoint template. <laughs> which I am very proud of that you guys did. So thank you so much. It makes the world so much better. I know it sounds silly, but it does. Um, generally, I don't have a lot of comments on the data. It does seem that we're in sort of a seasonal effect on it. Um, probably won't see any more seasonal stuff until another year, I'm assuming, because of all the um, weather. Well, not only that, but also um, COVID. So I'm just curious... From a historical point of view, we generally see seasonality, and I'm sure this summer, now that we're fully open, it'll be better. I just want to comment quickly on that, just so we get some context. There is a lot, there is a lot of seasonality in our data. Uh, we just got to full reopening in, I believe it was October of yeah. 2022, yeah. which is why doing seasonal comparisons for us in the last couple of years are a little tricky. Mm -hmm. um, but now that we are five months into fully being reopened, all seven-day service at all of our branches and the main, it, it'll start to be a little bit more comparable. The seasonality does occur uh, throughout the year a little differently, and certainly starting with daylight saving, uh, the end of daylight savings in late October and early November, the winter months, with or without rain, some dry seasons, it doesn't matter, we always drop. It starts to pick up uh, again pretty frequently uh, in March with spring break, and then March, April, May, and June are really high months. Again, sort of June heading into summer break. And then it does kind of plateau a little bit until school starts up again. The fall, the first part of the fall is, is again very active and very high. And then it starts, as I said, gets through October and starts to drop off again. So what we see here is somewhat uh, defined by seasonality, but also somewhat defined by our reopening. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Lopez. Um, echoing what my fellow commissioners said, uh, thank you, thank you to all the staff. Um, it's great. Uh, we're, you know, it's always exciting to see the numbers um, 
I mean, the numbers of the services that we provide being utilized. I have a question or, you know, just an inquiry, because I know that we, we definitely are increasing in programming, computer use, and Wi-Fi. I was wondering if there is um, some data on membership. How's membership, um, you know, you know, how are we doing in terms of new members, uh, new people getting cars and uh, joining the library? And um, I know uh, for the future, if you can provide that information, that will be great. Sure thing. I don't have that top of mind. I do know that we continue to, to gather new registrants at all the time. We had a, a nice bump that came right out of the Night of Ideas evening, for example. Um, we look at it, our, our users are three-year windows. So we still have, if you back up the three years, we're almost exactly three years to the beginning of COVID and our doors shutting. So we start. We have started to see drops over the past several months in our our users because many of those people at COVID, when COVID started, just went away. They didn't come back. So we're seeing our overall kind of narrow a little bit, but we're continuing to be active about signing new people up and getting registrations. And we can't, we do track it, of course, and we can bring that back to you at a future commission. Great, thank yep. you. Thank you very much. Um, any other public uh, commissioner comments? Um, I had a question um, before we conclude. I, I wanted to know whether or not it, does it work or is it viable to compare where we are now to the pre-COVID moment of 2019? Is that the goal we're aiming for? Is there a, a sense of what success looks like? That's a great question. I feel like we are looking at success because the world has changed and how people engage with big box stores or, you know, just specific to the library uh, industry, how people consume information, people's behavior did change. Uh, the, the disruption that was already occurring in the library industry just accelerated during COVID. And that bears out when you look at the circulation data our circulation was two-thirds physical, one-third digital in the last full fiscal year pre-COVID, and now it's roughly 50-50. Um, overall, we've recovered about 61% of our foot traffic, which I feel good about because I know how hard our staff has worked to restore library services and hours of operation. Um, but I think that's a trend that it's not just the library is grappling with. I think this entire city is dealing with that phenomenon as we've lost population. Um, people are now working remotely. A lot of the people that used to come into the city five days a week and patronize our libraries, they may only be coming in three, two, one day a week, if at all. And so we have lost some of the foot traffic in the city overall, and, and that has had an impact. And we know that by looking at our data, we can see where our library patrons reside and who's using the library and how much. So that's something that we're continuing to study. Um, that's great. I just want to follow up on one more comment based on Commissioner Lopez's. It would be really interesting to know if you can determine where the cardholders live 
finding, looking in the sort of these branches and determining what percentage of cardholders are actually using their card and whether or not to then put resources towards those communities to really try and amp up their participation in whatever way is necessary so we can really focus our attention on those communities that aren't fully back online um, or coming in and just um, figuring that out. That would be really useful. Yeah, that's great feedback, and that's part of what we're trying to accomplish with the strategic planning process yeah. as well. There great. is some efforts being made in marketing as well, I would say, uh, that's already happening in that, in that respect, looking at the communities that maybe not come back as fully and doing outreach that way. So that is happening as well. Great. Okay. Well, I just um, thank you very much, Randall, for this great presentation, knowing that it took an entire library team to get us to there. So just <laughs> a thank you to everybody. Um, we will now move on to um, item number five, um, which is the city librarian's report. And I now turn the meeting back over to city librarian Michael Lambert. Thank you, President Wolf. We have a few brief reports this evening, and I'm pleased to introduce our first presenter. Shelly Cocking is our chief of community, uh, not community programs and partnerships. That's Michelle. Collections and Technical Services, CTS. Uh, so Shelly is going to talk about our new SFPL Bookstop service that we launched on Treasure Island a few weeks back. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here letting you know that we finally launched our new SFPL Bookstop service. Our pilot program's out on Treasure Island. It lives in the entryway of the Island Cove Market, which is great because it's a hub for that tiny remote community. The, it was a really great day to be there on February 18th. Um, it was really um, kind of emotional to me. I don't usually get to work with the public um, in my department, so it was nice to be able to talk with the patrons there who live in a very, very remote area. And if you've been out there recently, it's basically a giant construction zone. And they all really felt the love of the library, and they're like, oh, you see us. We're so glad you see us and you came here. And you provided this without being asked. So that was really um, wonderful feedback. You can see our lovely kiosk is um, sitting there. It's now available. So we have collections available there seven days a week, where before we just had bookmobile stops on the island. It includes books for all ages. It holds about 200 books, and it's super easy to use. Um, you just go up, scan your card, and type in your PIN number like you would on a self-check machine at a branch. The door will pop open. You get to browse the bookshelves, and then whatever, when you close the door, whatever you've taken out gets automatically checked out on your card, and whatever you put in automatically checks in. Super easy, simple, um, and even for on our end, so it's no magic L's in the back making it work. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank all the people who helped make this happen. It's a tiny little kiosk, but it took a lot of us to work on it to make sure it runs really smoothly. We had a book kiosk team who met multiple times over the past year, and all of their units worked hard to make sure that the kiosk was ready on the floor, there were books in it, and the patrons could check things out. I did want to do a couple specific shout outs um, for people who worked extra hard. Um, the mobile outreach unit, they have been nothing but enthusiastic about taking on all these new duties. And they're now going to go by once a week, bring a few extra new books to freshen the collection, 
check the print receipt printer, make sure everything's running really smoothly. And so far, it really has. I have uh, error messages sent to me, and occasionally the Internet's gone down, but that's about it. Um, and occasionally I get to see people check out when I'm remoting in, which is super exciting. I also wanted to make sure to give a shout out to Bobby Blanchard, who works for our facilities department. He was our true heavy lifter. He packed it up in a crate and managed to get it out to Treasure Island, unpacked and installed in Earthquake Safe before we had our opening um, ceremony on the 18th. I also want to say thank you to Michelle, who used to work in our graphics um, unit, whose last name I don't know, but she designed that really lovely wrap. The kiosk comes white, so it's kind of boring, and having that really splashy, what oddly looks very tropical now that it's on the island, and <laughs> we hadn't thought about that, um, really pops. So when people are going grocery shopping, they can really easily see it. It was great to work with the Treasure Island Development Agency and ABDO, who's the manager at the Island Cove Market. They're super enthusiastic and made it simple to get it installed. I also want to thank the friends of the San Francisco Public Library who funded this for us so we could get a kiosk really fast um, and get start trying it out and seeing if it works. And I'm going to do a little extra early um, thank you to Finance, who's now partnering with our IT department to work through the city process so we can actually purchase kiosks through the city funding that you guys um, approved. I think it's a, more than a year ago at this point. Um, and um, we're going to hopefully have our first one through that process um, sometime in the early fall. So thank you very much. Thank you, Shelley. It was a glorious day. The sun was shining on Treasure Island. Next, I'd like to personally highlight the recent Drum Beats, Heart Beats, Communities as One program that we held here in the Cred Auditorium last month. This joint celebration of Lunar New Year and Black History Month, this was a first for the library. And we partnered with the Human Rights Commission and the San Francisco Asian Pacific American Heritage Foundation to plan this extraordinary program. Mayor London Breed was here. She helped kick off the program. And former Mayor Willie Brown was also in attendance. We partnered with the Chinese Historical Society of America, the University of San Francisco, Leo McCarthy Center, and both sides of the conversation to curate the various musical performances and speakers. The event also featured acknowledgement of the winners of the Changing the Narrative Art Competition sponsored by the Human Rights Commission. And this really was to celebrate the intersectionality of our African-American and Asian-American communities and, and really dispel the myth and demonstrate that we can thrive together in our community. It was incredibly powerful. It was an incredibly diverse crowd, intergenerational. There were so many moving parts and our community programs and partnerships team, they, they worked so hard along with media services. They did an outstanding job organizing and hosting the event. I also want to acknowledge the friends in the foundation of the San Francisco Public Library. They were very generous in funding the headliner, Ruby Abara, the renowned Filipina rapper who closed out the musical acts. It was incredible. So thank you friends for always supporting us. And now I would like to introduce our next presenter, Michelle Jeffers, Chief of Community Programs and Partnerships. I see that she's joined by Kate Patterson, our Director of Communications. So they're going to talk about the triumphant return of Night of Ideas here at the Main Library. <laughs> 
Hi, commissioners. I'm oh, sorry, I should speak into the microphone. I'm Michelle. This is Kate Patterson. I won't go through it all. We are so pl pleased to talk to you about Night of Ideas, which it was so much fun and so much fun that it's in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I could resist. I'm sorry. Um, again, we had this uh, amazing night at the library that went from 7 to 1 a.m. Uh, we had more than 4,300 people in the building that night after 6 p.m. Um, we had presenters take over all the floors. Um, it was just really uh, a great return since the last one had happened right before we closed for right right before we, the COVID shut us down. So it was really remarkable to see it happen again, and it felt very much like a homecoming. So I'm thrilled with that. Sure. I'll just add that um, I want to thank our curating partners, which is um, this is an event that is. Um, was initiated by the French government in, um, and it happens in cities around the world. I think this year there was 22 cities who participated in the Night of Ideas. Um, and it is really spearheaded by their Villa Albertine program, which is an artist in residence program. There's one here in San Francisco, which is housed in the consulate. Um, and without the French, there would be no Night of Ideas. Um, and our other partners, KQED and SFMOMA, and I wanted to highlight a new partner, Circuit Network. Um, this year, the the arts, sorry, the library work ordered $40,000 to the San Francisco Arts Commission to issue a grant for a curating partner who could curate all of the artists performers for the evening. Um, in doing that, it really takes a huge load off our plate and it enables those artists to be paid quickly. And, um, that, you know, the circuit network handled all the administration around that. So that was a huge help to us. And I thought went very well. Um, the theme this year was more, as Michelle said, and every year the French choose a theme and every year San Francisco decides to do something special with it. So I'd put our own twist on it. Um, but because the theme was more, we could not have, we could not have the night of ideas with Juanita Moore, the, um, grand dame of the house of Moore. So that's a picture of her on the right. And she helped kick off the event. Um, I know many people in the room were there that, that night, but um, I hope you especially took in our amazing keynotes that were Tonga Weiss and Martin and Assessor Recorder Joaquin Torres, both speaking just so eloquently about the issues facing San Francisco, both in the future and in the past. Um, we also had more than 21 panels and presentations. Um, it was really quite the mix of things from films to drag queens to um, a not making workshop um, in which people took home a little like hanging knot thing. Uh, health, health activisms, artists doing panels, artists doing performances, um, psychedelics. Uh. Not, eating, not eating them that we know of, <laughs> just <laughs> hearing about them in a therapeutic setting. <laughs> Mushrooms, trans leadership, all of that. <laughs> Um, we had pop-up performances by Bay Area Theater Cipher, who are kind of our, our go-through, really, um, since, since the very first Night of Ideas. They've always been a part of it. They not only performed, but they also helped us with the Future of Libraries panel to bring to life um, some of the ideas that were coming up from the strategic planning process of what people want to see both for their library system and for their city. And then we always have circus performers this year. It was from San Francisco Circus Center. I'll just highlight that we had a number of cabaret performances as well. Um, 
um, with some alum from the Beach Blanket Babylon in the Steve Silver Center. So that was a nice connection. And so there was a lot of music this year, including the famous uh, experimental musician Pamela Z. And um, an amazing idea this year was our fourth floor business science and technology department and one particular librarian, Kirsty Harless, created a small business marketplace with many of the small businesses that she works with there on the fourth floor, you know, encouraging entrepreneurship. And it was just an amazing little opportunity to take to learn about these businesses, to buy a little souvenir to take home with you. I know those earrings over there were really popular that night. And it was just nice to have businesses engaged, especially those that were from the Tenderloin, come in that night. It was Michelle's idea. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. Um, and I, I, w I wanted to highlight this, some, some just uh, social media love for us and, and thrills about being part of this evening. We also had 92 new card holders <laughs> get, added to the, um, get added to our membership, and I will take credit for two of them, which were bartenders that I made get library cards. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. Um, and thank you. We're ready to answer any questions. Oh, I just wanted to give a little shout out to all of the staff who helped get Michelle and me through this. Um, <laughs> um, especially, you see there was a, a lot of volunteers who came out that evening to help man the event. And you can see their enthusiasm carried through the evening. We've heard nothing but positive feedback from our colleagues, which is really satisfying. And a special shout out to security and custodial and our facilities team who made sure that we were safe and that spaces were clean during and after the event. So big thank you. Big thank you. Um, and Sorry. One more, which was that our partners in the debrief afterward, I have to, I just have to share this because our partners from KQED and the French consulate and stuff all said that the staff at SFPL was all night was so kind and so helpful and so warm and welcoming to, to them, their volunteers and to the public. And it was so great to hear that. And also a big shout out to Marcel Gamino, who I think is still in the back because she actually really kept us sane. <laughs> One more thank you. I want to thank the friends who hosted a pop-in dance floor on the fifth floor and lots of fun activities on the sixth floor, including a 360-degree camera. Um, so thank you to Friends and Value Culture for bringing the party vibes to the Night of Ideas. <laughs> the energy was awesome. We're really done. So. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Michelle. And Michelle deserves special credit. She's the mastermind of this. She brought it to us five years ago. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it is finally my great pleasure to provide the final report of this evening, a personnel announcement. I'm thrilled to introduce Dolly Goyle as our new Chief of Public Services. Her appointment follows a highly competitive national recruitment that was spearheaded by Library HR. As Chief of Public Services, Dolly will have oversight of our public services divisions, the branches, the main library, community programs and partnerships, and collections and technical services. Dolly brings more than 15 years of experience working in some of the Bay Area's most innovative libraries. Most recently, Dolly was serving as the assistant city librarian for the Santa Clara City Library. 
In addition uh, to serving as a library director for the town of Los Gatos, she spent more than a decade of her professional career on the peninsula at the San Mateo County Libraries, starting as a teen librarian before ascending to multiple leadership roles, including the branch manager of the East Palo Alto Library. Uh, she was also a library services manager overseeing youth and family services for San Mateo County. She has also served as an adult services librarian and a teen librarian for the Santa Clara Library, Santa Clara County Library District. She is a graduate of the San Jose State University School of Information. Uh, in addition, she received her Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice and Bachelor of Arts in Journalism from Northeastern University. So we are incredibly fortunate to attract a library administrator of your caliber. Uh, she's a leader in our profession, having been elected previously to serve as the president of the California Library Association. So Dolly, welcome to you. Congratulations on your appointment. And would you like to say a few words? Thank you so much for that introduction. And thank you, Commission, for also um, supporting my appointment and staff and the team. The leadership team has graciously introduced me into the family and staff have been so welcoming. And I'm just really excited to be a part of this Fantastic and dynamic institution. I know will make a lot of great changes and progress forward. I'm so happy to be able to serve the San Francisco community. So thank you for having me. It's an honor. Thank you, Dolly. And that concludes the City Librarian's Report. Thank you very much. Once again, a really robust report. But we will begin before public uh, before comment from the commissioners and questions. We will start with public comment here in correct and then move to public comment online. Public comment is now open here in correct auditorium. Peter Warfield, head of Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California. 94117-0544. First of all, thank you for the reports uh, that everybody gave. It's always uh, good to be knowing what sorts of uh, programs are happening and how they're working. A uh, couple of comments. The first one, respect, with respect to the Treasure Island book kiosk, it's not clear to me are these books that are going that are that people have requested. Or are these books that the library decides to stock? Uh, 200 books is not a lot of selection. Uh, so that's the question I have. Number two is uh, I know that I've seen a, something like this in uh, another East Bay City. And one of the things I was disappointed by was that there was not any on that one. And I don't see here either. But there wasn't any information about the tremendous riches that the library actually has were you to come into a location or the main library, a branch, and so on. There was no indication of that, nor that you could have access to that in whatever way the library wants to present. Um, with respect to uh, Night of Ideas, I don't want to comment on the party or the program, except to say that it was very disappointing that the publicity was almost exclusively online. And getting tickets was a further barrier to those without access to a computer and email. And all the vulnerable populations basically were, uh, had much less opportunity and in certain respects were shut out from 
attending, and I'd be glad to explain any further details for anybody who'd like to know. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Um, further public comment? Uh, good evening. I'm Marie Zabella, uh, Executive Director of Friends of the San Francisco Public Library. Um, first of all, Dolly, welcome. I know I got to meet you at Night of Ideas and before then, and welcome. We're very excited uh, to get to know you and see you. And I think there's a board meeting next Wednesday. That I um, anyway, um, I did, I, I actually, I, I really thank you for the night of idea. It was a total blast. Uh, and we're really happy to be there. And I did want to reiterate, the staff were amazing. And not that that would surprise me, but we, you know, we haven't had a, a major event in the library in so long. And I know that, you know, it was the second time that we said, give us the sixth floor and we'll have a party. And, but I just, this time, it just felt like every time I turned around, there was just an amazing library staff helping us staying calm. And so I did want to acknowledge and just thank and appreciate that. And it was a 360 photo booth, and I have Michelle Jeffers dancing, so if anyone wants it, I may have to share. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I just wanted to ask about that kiosk. Is it just a batch of 200 books you look at like you're in a store or something and you can pick one if you want or does it provide the opportunity to request a book and it would be there like uh, in Horn and Hard Art used to be you punch a thing and your book comes out or however you'd work it out but it does seem to me that it's probably technologically possible to have people have a choice and access to the entire collection. Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, any further public comment here in Corette? Um, operations, we will now turn to public comment via WebEx. Operations, are there any callers in the queue? And if so, please put them through. Madam President, at this time, there are no callers in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow additional callers to raise their hand. Madam President, there are no additional commenters in the queue. Thank you very much, Operations. Seeing there's no further public comment, um, either here in Corret or online, um, public comment is now closed for agenda item number five, and we open this up for a discussion um, among the commissioners. Um, I just wanna first begin by thanking Shelley, Kate, and Michelle for, and Michael for their presentations today. And um, please make yourself available should any questions arise. So any comments, questions from the commissioners? Um, Commissioner Lopez. Like always, great presentations. Um, I, I just have uh, a couple questions uh, for the kiosk. Um, how do people return the books? Is it the same way? They do they can can they take the take them back at any library? Um, how how does it work? Does kiosk take them back or yeah so that you can put them back in the kiosk and it'll check it in but you could return it to any one of our branches and it'll check it in but then put it in transit 
and ultimately send it back to the bookmobile staff so they could rotate it through again. Okay, and the second question about the kiosk. So, is there a limit for how many people, how many books can a person check on a given day? Uh, it's just like any other location. So okay. technically, I think we're up to a hundred. So somebody, in theory, could wipe it out. But it, we have settings. <laughs> like we have settings, uh, email settings that somebody would, you know, I'd get a little email saying a lot went out. And then I would let the bookmobile staff know and they could drive out and refill it. Hasn't happened because, you know, you're grocery shopping. It's kind of like a red box, you know. Okay, yes. There's okay. only so much you're going to carry with your groceries. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's only been a couple per patron so far. And and I know you mentioned it, or and, and I think I missed it, but how often it get, does it get restocked? So the bookmobile staff goes out for a bookmobile stop mm -hmm. right down the street, mm -hmm. which is where people can have the bigger collection and their holds pick up, um, and then staff to speak to as well if they go there. And then they also, right beforehand, you know, just run into the grocery store and do a check, um, put in a few extra titles, maybe take out some of the sleepers who haven't circulated and put some new paper in if it's needed. I like that, the sleepers. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Sir Ono, if you don't mind. Thank you very much for your presentation, and also Michelle and Kate and Michael. And welcome, Dolly. Good to see you in person. Um, I wanted to go back to the young lady's question from the audience. Um, if you did want to put a hold, is that available through the book kiosk or... Not in this type of kiosk. There are other kiosks you can buy that provide holds, but they require, they're a lot more expensive and require a lot more infrastructure. And since we have a bookmobile stop, literally a half a block from this location, we decided to go with this little offering okay. just to test it out. But we are hoping to one day maybe do the what Michael refers to as the Cadillac model of, <laughs> at the ferry building is where one area we've, I mean, at the ferry stop on Treasure Island. Like, it's massive construction there right now. So in about a year and a half, it's going to all settle down. And there's a ferry. You can take the ferry over from the ferry building to Treasure Island. And that we would see as a hub where people would come and go. So it could be a good hold pickup location as well. Okay. Thank you. And sorry I missed Night of Ideas again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Commissioner Lopez. I should have just put all my comments in. Uh, this is more about the drumbeats, heartbeats, community as one. Uh, first of all, it was a great event. It was really nice. And it was, I mean, Corette was pretty packed. Um, I was just wondering, and this is more of a suggestion or, you know, can programs like that be like traveling programs, like meaning going to different uh, libraries, I, I I feel that that will be something to explore. It's it's great feedback, and as you know from being here that day, it was standing room only mm -hmm. in the Corette. So when we do this again next year with our partners, which we will, we're probably going to have to find a different venue, probably Herb's Theater or somewhere that can really accommodate the crowd. Uh, we did have an overflow room, which isn't exactly the same experience when, you, when you're when you watching it streaming. Um, but yes, our community programs and partnerships division, we have a cultural awareness committee and they plan programs throughout the year. And they are looking at celebrating our community more intentionally throughout the year with um, 
without the singular focus on specific months. Um, and and the reason why I bring this up because um, reflecting back, it was it was like you said the intersection, but it was also community building within you know, and it was very powerful and very moving. So um, the collaboration was great. So something like that. Thank you. For the future. And then on the ninth of ideas, yes, Teresa, too bad you missed it because it was fun. I want to say uh, shout out to the friends. They have bubbles. <laughs> uh, that was fun. I had never thought of having bubbles in the library, but it was great. Uh, and all the games, too. And then to the staff, whoa, they were working it. They were working it with a smile. And there was a lot of people, and it was a raining, windy night, so we still made it uh, a success night. So thank you, everyone. Uh, it was my first time, so I'm looking forward next year's. <laughs> Can we have it twice a year? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, everyone. It, it was really, really nice. Um, Maureen. Sorry, I know I'm not a commissioner, but um, since you brought up Night of Ideas, I wanted to take a moment to give an extra special shout out to IT and AV for all the amazing work they did that night. I know it's hard. Once you start thanking people, you, you inevitably forget something, and Michelle wanted to make sure we got their um, accolades out there. So thank you for giving this opportunity. Well, I want to just say thank you. Um, I was able to, all these things that you presented tonight, I was at every one of them, and it was really um, an incredible gift to participate. But I, I was an early um, skeptic of the kiosk, and so I had to go to the opening at um, Treasure Island to be proven wrong, and I was, and I'm happy I was. And so I really, it's now just really been a month, Shelley, I think, that has been there. So I'd love, like, in the next nine months or 12 months to get a kind of reflection on what works, what doesn't work, some data about how it's working. I think in a month you really can't really know much. But I think it has the potential of doing something really extraordinary throughout the communities, throughout San Francisco, where areas are really uh, quiet in terms of resources and where there are people living who need them. So thank you and the whole team for that. And none of ideas just was... You know, I can't add more than just saying thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a brilliant evening, and um, and also the drum beats and heartbeats. I would hate to see it leave this building. It's wonderful when we have events where people come here and not go somewhere else. So I hope that there's a way in in what Commissioner Lopez says that parts of what we do can always have a presence in one of the branches or the main library. Um, and Dolly. We're delighted you're here. Onward, ho. Um, and so uh, thank you to everybody for this great, um, once again, a great City Librarian's Report. Um, we will now move on to item number six, which is adjournment. And today we are um, very honored to be able to adjourn in memory of Kathy Bremer, who is a retired San Francisco Public Library manager. Um, and um, I'm asking City Librarian Michael Lambert to offer a few words so we all can get to know what seemed to be an extraordinary human being who gave so much to the library staff and the community. So City Librarian. 
Thank you, President Wolf. I regret that I did not have the opportunity to personally work with Kathy, but I do appreciate this opportunity to pay tribute to Kathy Brimmer, a retired employee of the San Francisco Public Library, a 32-year employee of the library. I recently learned of her passing on February 14th from a member of our staff who worked with Kathy for many years. Uh, I have not been able to locate an obituary, but I was able to establish that Kathy started her service with SFPL as a librarian in our cataloging department in July of 1980. Uh, during her career, she served in a variety of departments and neighborhood branches, the last being as a program manager here in the General Collections and Humanities Department on the third floor. And that's where she retired in November of 2013. Among her many accomplishments, uh, she was recognized for managerial excellence here in 1987 with then-Mayor Diane Feinstein. And I understand that her dedication, her compassion, her activism, and support for library workers as a labor activist and chief steward of the Librarians Guild was truly exceptional, and she was beloved by her colleagues. I, I know we heard from one member of the public earlier this evening, and I imagine we're going to hear from more this evening. So I appreciate your consideration of adjourning today's meeting in her memory. Thank you very much. Um, at this point, we will open it up for public comment here in Coret and then move to public comment online. So public comment is now open here in Coret. Um, good afternoon. My name is Betty Williams. I am a former staff member of the San Francisco Public Library, and I'm retired happily. Uh, I worked with Kathy um, in her capacity as a uh, union representative, and Kathy really helped me find my voice. She really did. And I used to marvel at her, at her, uh, just her zeal and her her just wanting to represent staff and making sure that we had everything we needed and everything that we deserved. And she was relentless. She was, she was a hoot. And I just really, really enjoyed being around her. And I am so happy that she is being recognized this evening. And I would not have missed this for anything. So thank you. Thank you very much. Any other further public comment? Peter Warfield, Library Users Association. Uh, thank you for the information that was provided about Kathy and that uh, rather jubilant picture. Uh, a young Kathy Bremer that uh, I didn't know, but I knew her for uh, a fair amount of her stay here. Everything that everybody has said favorable about her, I think is true from my experience. And uh, she had a tremendous spirit and a belief in the value and importance of the library and in having it run well uh, for everybody involved, whether it was patrons or 
uh, union members or anybody who worked there and so on and so forth. She also cared about management. And she had, uh, she was, as I say, spirited. Uh, she uh, organized and worked on a no-confidence vote in a prior library uh, head. That was exciting and uh, won uh, overwhelmingly. Um, when a library commission president uh, complained about the library workers being pot stirrers for complaining, she brought in a gang of library workers with wooden spoons, which they waved at library commission meetings. Ah, <laughs> and uh, that was a very spirited answer to uh, her criticism for being, or their criticism for being critical. She spoke up for the Bernal mural, not to be torn down and replaced by a Blando uh, gentrified uh, product. Um, she said, what's wrong with Victor Hara, which was what the mural basically had on the front of the library. Uh, there were so many other things that she did that were spirited and uh, full of energy, intelligence, knowledge, everything that everybody has said before is true. And uh, I appreciate very much, uh, I appreciated her very much, and I'm sure everybody else did as well. Please do adjourn in her honor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good evening. My name's Eileen Walpole, and I'm a retired librarian, and I am proud to be an ex-spoon-carrying pot stirrer <laughs> with Kathy mm -hmm. and several other people in this room. And I have fond memories of her. She was my mo um, role model. I never got to the level she did, but anyway. <laughs> and uh, I thank you for recognizing her very much. Thank you very much. Hi, good evening, commissioners. My name is Marcial. Um, I started in 2004. Yes, I was 10 years old. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and that's when I met Kathy Bremer, and she was a force to be reckoned with. She cared so much about the library, but also library staff. And what she did for labor inspired me to become an officer in the SEIU 1021. And I just want to say that not only was she a mentor and a great colleague, but she also was just an all-around lovely person. Thank you very much. Any other further public comment here in Corette? Uh, again. I came here tonight because I, I don't normally, but because I knew that Kathy was going to be honored, if that's the way to put it. Uh, I was uh, not a close friend of Kathy, but she, I came because she was a remarkable person. I did, uh, when uh, she was librarian at the Presidio branch, uh, she facilitated meetings in that funny little bottom room that you got to through a strange entrance uh, and was also uh, a present there that I greatly admired. And uh, she'll be missed. Thank you. Thank you very much.
Good evening, Commissioners. Andrea Grimes, um, colleague, friend of Kathy, the wonderful Kathy Bremer. Um, too little time, so much to say about her. Um, our beloved Kathy Bremer died on Tuesday, February 14th. She was a remarkable human being. She was part of the San Francisco Public Library System since 1980, serving in a variety of main library departments and branches, the latest being the wonderful General Collections and Humanities. Uh, I was honored to meet Kathy very early in my library career when she invited me to join twice uh, because I was a little resistant. But she got me to join the union, and I never looked back. Her dedication, compassion, activism, and support for our members as our long-standing long chief steward of the Librarians Guild was a sight to behold. She was my mentor, my friend, and my union sister. Kathy advocated for the good and welfare of our members, always picking herself up and moving forward, even when the going was tough and no end seemed in sight. She was our valiant leader and involved in the many efforts to improve working conditions at SFPL to protect our members and our collections. She was the bright light in so much of our lives and work. She mentored librarians and upcoming union leaders. At every turn, she was there as our leader, standing up and speaking truth to power whenever, wherever it was needed, and always reminding the library commissions of the importance and worth of library workers. Kathy and all of us worked to bring about a stronger, more enlightened SFPL and a union chapter stronger together, a part of our history reported on and subsequently part of the record. We should never forget what a small group of people can do to change the world. The events... Can I take your time? <laughs> Is that a, do you mind? It's just a few seconds. Oh, read it. The events, the events of 1996 with the opening and problematic issues of the new main library reverberated around the country. Because of Kathy and library activists, we eventually discovered for ourselves a little bit of library heaven. Kathy was part of that and so are we all. She was a character and had strength of character. I am so sad. And it is deeply painful to read this now, but joyful to remember some of our escapades and all of the good times. And I talked to Kathy after her husband's death and told her I would help. Here you go. Oops. I'll get it. I got it. Okay. Thank you very much. She obviously taught you how to be really creative and no. quick thinking on your feet. Um, any further public comment here in Corette? Seeing no further public comment. Operations, if there's anyone in the queue um, via WebEx, please put them through. Madam President, there are no commenters in the queue at this time. 
Um, thank you very much. I just want to thank the people who spoke on behalf of Kathy Bremer. It was really enlightening, beautiful, inspiring. I think for those of us who never had a chance to meet her, we're really delighted to know about her legacy and that it continues and that the work she did really still remains a, a sort of a foundation of how staff are treated and um, the kind of work ethic that they bring to the, their job each and every day. So thank you very much for coming and offering your perspectives and sharing your um, experience being influenced and um, inspired by her. Um, any, uh, Commissioner Ono. I've been on the commission long enough where I did meet Kathy Brenner, and what everyone said is true. She was um, an amazing force, and she was a good leader. Um, it's very kind of ironic that she passed away on Valentine's Day because she really did have a good heart. So um, I just wanted to add that. Um, Commissioner Lomax Garducci. I was actually going to say I remember her, too. Um, I was early, early uh, commissioner after uh, Teresa had been here for a while. And um, she definitely, uh, first of all, it's good to see um, some of the members that have retired. I recognize some people that I haven't seen in a while. It's great to see you again. Um, but, um, you know, it's really beautiful to acknowledge a colleague the way that you have. Um, what you do is that you, um, her life continues through you and through the legacies that she's left behind. Thank you very much. Um, we are now, um, would someone like to make a motion to adjourn the meeting in memory of Kathy Bremer? I think I'll do that. Um, I'd like to um, adjourn this meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission in the memory of Kathy Bremer, um, a San Francisco Public Library manager and uh, a leader uh, within the community, not only at the library and beyond. I second. We have a um, motion from Commissioner Lomax Garaducci and a second from Commissioner Ono to adjourn the meeting in memory of Kathy Bremer. And I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf? Aye. Vice President Wong? Aye. Commissioner Mall? Aye. Commissioner Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Bolander? Aye. The motion passes unanimously. The meeting is adjourned. And thank you again for everyone who participated in today's meeting.